Well, good evening. Good to have you here tonight. A little sparse tonight. That's all right. Maybe they'll come trickling in. Maybe they'll all come from the race and they got stuck in traffic or something. I don't know. But hopefully they come in. Uh, I see someone coming in that was at the race this morning, so that's good. So good to have you here. Hopefully you had a good afternoon. Beautiful weather today and uh, another day that we have to praise and glorify Jesus Christ. And so we're excited to be here in his house today for the freedoms that we have. Uh, we celebrate Memorial Day this weekend and um, all those that gave their life to have the freedoms that we, ha- we have here in this country. So a couple of announcements uh, tonight before we get started. First of all, if you're joining us for the first time here in person, please stop by our welcome desk. We have a gift we'd like to give to you, and uh, we'd like to get a record of your visit there. If you're joining us for the first time online, please go to sptna.org contacts, or you can scan the QR code on your screen, and we'd like to get a record of your visit there as well. Our teen camp campaign, we've been doing this for a couple weeks. Next week is the last week, and so you take an envelope out there and put in your age, the money that equals your age, um, or you can give online as well. If you give online, please make sure you hit the drop-down arrow and do teen camp contribution, or else it will not get to the teenagers, all right? So a couple different ways you can give, but next week is the last week that we'll be doing this campaign for the teen camp. The proclaimed proclaim ministry team from Pensacola Christian College will be here Wednesday, so uh, the summer is kicking off now, and so our interns will be here Wednesday morning, and they'll be here for the rest of the summer till just after the ice cream social. Um, but this Wednesday night, all of the kids, teenagers, college kids, and all adults will be all combined in here for a night of special music with that Proclaim team, and uh, they'll be able to present their um, ministry that they've been doing. They'll travel throughout the summer doing this, and so looking forward to having them with us here this Wednesday night at 7 p.m. And then a week from today starts our revival, and so we're looking forward to having Brother Dave Young with us. And if you remember, 9.30, rather than having our regular adult, Bible, adult science classes, we will be having a split session. Ladies in here with Beth Lee Young, Dave's wife, and then the men will be in the fellowship hall with Brother Dave, and then we will come in here for our morning service as well. Um, don't forget, we will have the overflow and everything. Hopefully everything's working over there for that, and so we'll have the overflow. And then every night, we will have it 6 o'clock on Sunday, and then 7 o'clock starting throughout the week with 6 o'clock dinner for that, and then the teens after for their refresh cold wars. We'd still have a couple more prayer meetings. We've had some great prayer meetings this past week. We have a couple more this week. You can still have a chance to sign up uh, or just show up, right, and surprise the people. Um, no, I would, I would sign up if you can uh, so they can know who to prepare for. Um, but you can see there's some times out there, some in the morning, some in the evening throughout this week, as we just ask the Lord to bless our revival and to do something special in our church and in our own lives as well. And so just an awesome time to be unified with the church. Uh, members that you pray with, and also just to lift up our requests to the Lord. It's an, it's an awesome opportunity and privilege we have to go directly to the throne of God, um, and He does hear, and He hears us, and he, he wants us to pray to Him. So make sure you sign up for those things as well. And then coming up in just a couple weeks, we have our Keepers of the Kingdom, which is our VBS. Looking forward to that. JD has been doing a ton of work for that, and so we're very thankful for all that he does. Uh, but that's June 18th, which is Father's Day. It'll start that evening, 6.30 to 8.30, and then go all the way through Friday, uh, which will culminate in our program and then our carnival that night as well, where I'll get a, probably a couple pies to the face and also be dunked in the dunk tank multiple times. And so looking forward to that. Uh, but that's ages 3 to 6th grade. So three rolls to 6th grade. Um, so you can go to that website, make sure you register, and also make sure you check out the video there so you can be preparing for that awesome week for the children there. Our missionaries of the week are Andy and Joel and Counterman. If you remember, they came, I think it was December of last year. They're the ones that, they live here in the States, but they have connections down there where they actually, um, in Latin America, where they use the Bible colleges and institutions that have already been put in place, and they kind of skip the, um, how do I put it, the transitioning into the culture that missionaries from America have to do. They go down, they have to learn the language, 
they go straight to the nationals. And so they take national pastors that are hand-selected from those Bible colleges, and they support those national pastors and get them on their feet for a couple years as they start churches down there. So they're kind of skipping the church planting and then turning over to a national pastor. They just start with a national pastor. And so it's really an awesome opportunity. Um, and so they support them. They have a lot of prayer requests. They have a lot of different building um, construction projects that are going on through the various national pastors. Uh, one of their national pastors in Chile needs uh, a vehicle, so you've been praying for that. And then they have five new church plants that are starting this month in May. And so just asking for prayer for those. You can read all about it uh, in that missions floor that Miss Faith puts together in the back. That's all we have for announcements, so we'll have the ushers come forward at this time to receive this evening's offering. And I'm going to ask Brother Ed if he would pray for the offering and for the missionaries of the week. Father, we come to you tonight just thanking you again for the privilege we have to be able to come and hear your word. We just pray you'd bless this service. For the offering, we just ask you'd help us, Lord, to use it wisely, the furtherance of the gospel. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.
anniversary. My hope is Jesus. Well, let's see what we have in the way of birthdays and anniversaries. We've got a lot of people gone. It's a holiday weekend. We, don't, we understand people go away and take them. We have such beautiful weather God's given to us. But anybody have a birthday this last week? Any birthdays this last week? Anniversary? Oh, had a birthday this last week, Ms. Lana? When was your birthday? 25th. The 25th. And how long have you known the Lord is your Savior? Are you asking me? Twelve years? Twelve years. All right. Praise the Lord. All right. Anyone else have a birthday? Any anniversaries this last week? Memorial Day weekend would be a rough anniversary weekend, I would think, but uh, yeah, never know. All right. Well, let's sing happy birthday then to Miss Alana. Oh. Who are we looking at? You had an anniversary? Did you just remember or did I just not see your hand? <laughs> Karen's over there slapping him. Come on. <laughs> when was your anniversary? Uh, it was uh, Thursday, 38 years. 38 years. Wow. So what's the... Here's what we do. So we ask the secret to both of you. The secret to 38 years of marital bliss. What is that? Miss Karen, what is it? There is no secret, right? Have no secrets. I like it. See? Yeah, we just don't get a kick out of each other. Still get a kick out of each other. Yeah, she's about to kick you. Yeah. <laughs> Whenever you said that, do you guys remember, were you guys here for David Gebby's uh, wedding whenever David and Caitlin got married? So, uh, was I the only one here? Anybody here? Three of us were here. Okay, so, <laughs> so at the end of the wedding, I love this. It was just, so there's a song that most of you may not know, uh, but I, was it Dean Martin? Who is it that sang that song? It might have been Frank Sinatra, but anyway, one of those guys. The wedding ends, we say, here, here I give to you, Mr. and Mrs. David Gebby, and they walk out to, ain't that a kick in the head? <laughs> How we get off on that? I'm sorry. Happy anniversary to you. Let's sing happy birthversary. Did I miss anybody else before we get? Let's sing happy birthversary to these folks. Happy birthversary to you. Happy birthversary to you. Happy birthday, God bless you. Happy birthday to you. Who's next? Mr. Matthew, come on up. To those of the congregation which are able, please stand for the reading of God's word. As we are in the book of Joshua, chapter 3, verses 9 through 17. And Joshua said unto the children of Israel, Come hither, and hear the words of the Lord your God. And Joshua said, Hereby ye shall know that the living God is among you, and that he will without fail drive out from before you the Canaanites, and the Hittites, and the Hivites, and the Perizzites, and the Girgashites, and the Amorites, and the Jebusites. Behold, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth passes over before you into Jordan. Now therefore take you twelve men of the tribe of Israel, out of every tribe a man. And it shall come to pass, as soon as the soles of the feet of the priests that bear the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth shall rest in the waters of Jordan, that the waters of Jordan shall be cut off from the waters that come down from above, and they shall stand upon and heap. And it came to pass, when the people were moved from their tents, to pass over Jordan, and the priests bearing the ark of the covenant before the people. And as they that bear the ark were come unto Jordan, 
and the feet of the priests that bear the ark were dipped in the brim of the water, for Jordan overfloweth all his banks all the time of harvest. That the waters which came down from above stood and rose up upon a heap very far from the city Adam, that is beside Zeratan, and those that came down toward the sea of the plain, even the salt, salt sea failed and were cut off, and the people passed over right against Jericho. And the priests that bear the ark of the covenant of the Lord stood firm on dry ground in the midst of Jordan, and all the Israelites passed over on dry ground until all the people were passed clean over Jordan. May the Lord prosper his word to where he sent it. You may be seated. All right, well, this weekend is obviously a good time um, with the holiday. It's a good time for us to pause and remember all the, the men and women who sacrificed to give us our physical freedom. But uh, tonight we're going to be singing about the one who gave us our spiritual freedom and all the things that he did for us. So go ahead and stand with me, and we will sing Because He Lives.
next song this evening will be How Great Thou Art.
I, uh, I skipped the song, so we're going to have you come back up and do that, all right, in just a minute, so, just so you know. Sorry about that. I got so anxious about doing birthdays and anniversaries that I just uh, skipped the song. We're going to be in Psalm 85. You can go ahead and start turning there, uh, Psalm 85. Also, this morning, um, we neglected to point out in, in, in our own midst, we have two Purple Heart, Heart recipients. They're here tonight. I don't know if we have anyone else. Uh, so, Brother Dan, would you stand up, please? Brother Dan Dennison has two Purple Hearts, correct? You were telling me that um, you had the unfortunate uh, circumstance of having 61 of your... Sixty-one men out of six helicopters that he commanded, and some great stories. Uh, how many times did you crash those helicopters? Twice. Only, only twice. And uh, the Lord saw, saw fit to get you here, and you have two purple hearts, and we sure appreciate your service. Let's give Brother Dan a hand. I'm sorry. Say that again. Had a great co-pilot. Yep. Amen. And Brother Randy Gosser. Stand up, if you would, please. Also a Purple Heart recipient. Brother Randy, I don't know. How did, how did your Purple Heart come about, may I ask? Well, it might not sound so scary, but I'm in a two-man tent by myself, and it started throwing all these mortars in. And uh, I got wounded by shrapnel. Wounded by shrapnel from mortar. I, he says, it doesn't sound that scary. I was in a two-man tent, and they started throwing mortars in. <laughs> that sounds scary. <laughs> Thank you for your service. I thought uh, that was worth sharing. Do we have any other Purple Heart recipients out here? And that is what you find often is that uh, they sit quietly, right? All right, come on back up, Mr. Matt, and going to lead us in the song that I skipped over because it's a good song. Everybody wants to sing it. The Old Rugged Cross. You can make a standard and leave them sitting. I don't care what you do. <laughs> you can stay seated.
Psalm 85 is where we're going to be, the 85th Psalm. We're still work, looking at the revival. We start our revival services next uh, Sunday. Revival services are just that. They're just revival services. There's nothing more than a church service unless God does something, right? You understand how that works? Nothing more than church service unless God does something. Uh, we're asking God to do something to make the revival services unique in, in the impact that they have on our lives. So in the book of James, it says this, uh, chapter 4 and verse 8. You can finish this verse once I started. Draw nigh unto God, and he will draw nigh unto you. Uh, that is an absolute certainty. So something will happen next week if our approach to God is, Lord, draw me nearer nearer, blessed Lord, to the cross where thou hast died, right? If we come with, an, with the idea of I want to draw nigh to God during the revival, then God will meet us next week. That's a given. I mean, or God's a liar, right? Draw nigh unto God and he will draw nigh unto us. It goes on to say, you know, the process of that drawing nigh is cleanse your hands, purify your hearts. That's what it is. It's this is how we draw nigh to God. We, we okay, I'm going to take a good look at what needs to be dealt with and, and cleanse my hands and purify my heart and get ready to meet God in a very unique way. When, um, you know, when the high priest would go in to meet God in the Holy of Holies, uh, you know, there, was, there was a cleansing that took place. There was a preparation to say, I'm, I'm about to meet with God. And uh, so... Uh, I'm, I'm encouraging us to consider this as we come in next week and, and we're, we're going to be tempted to just fall into routine. And uh, we don't want that. We're, we're on purpose trying to pull ourselves out of routine in preparing for this week of meetings. Prayer and, and spending several Sundays now talking about how God might uh, meet with us in a very special way. We're going to be in Psalm 85. Let's right now draw an eye to God and let's begin the process. Father... We come to you as needy people, and God, we ask that you would draw nigh unto us as it's our desire to draw nigh unto you. And Lord, if it's not our desire to draw nigh unto you, make it our desire. Lord, put us in circumstances and situations that drive us to you, that cause us to want you. And I pray that this, would, this upcoming week of meetings would be a time that is so sweet of knowing your presence in a very unusual way. And Father, we'll thank and praise you in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. My last opportunity, really, before the uh, revival hits, uh, you know, the uh, services start anyway, uh, to talk to you about it. So in Psalm 85, we're going to walk ourselves through the psalm uh, and just let it speak to us. Lord, it says, it starts out with some thou hast. The first three verses are, look what the Lord has done. Lord, thou hast been favorable. Would you agree? Do you feel blessed? Do you feel like God has already blessed us more than we deserve? What more can we ask? Hey, Pastor John, how, how can we want more from God? God has already blessed. And it is true. Thou hast, in this circumstance, thou hast been favorable to thy land. Thou hast brought back the captivity of Jacob. He's already, on so many occasions, rescued us from our own problems, right? The captivity was not... Uh, an overtaking of the enemy. The captivity was an overtaking of sin in Israel. And God said, here's what's going to happen. You know, if you're going to go this direction, I'm going to let the enemy step in. 
and, uh, and God has already, how many times has God brought us back and God renewed uh, our hearts and his commitment to us and uh, it's there. Verse 2, thou hast forgiven the iniquity of thy people. Wow, what God has done. Isn't it incredible? This is the God that we have. This is what he's already done. If we never have a revival meeting, this is what God has already done. He's already been so favorable to us. He's already been so gracious and bring us back. He's already been so forgiving uh, to us. In verse 3, Thou hast taken away all thy wrath. Thou hast turned thyself from the fierceness of thine anger. Do you realize how often we deserve the hand of God in our lives? And how gracious God has been over and over and over again. Whether it's as a church or whether it's as individuals, as families, the, the times that God has just turned away his wrath and chosen to be gracious. You know, um, God can be all of these things and still be God, right? Uh, he, doesn't, he doesn't lose his identity of God by being gracious and merciful, but he also does not lose his identity as God by being judge, judging and uh, you know, just and all of those things. He can turn his wrath upon us, and he is, he is still God. And he can turn his grace upon us, and he is still God. But the number of times God has taken away his wrath and turned his fierceness uh, of his anger away from us. Um, what's that other psalm? There's another psalm. It's one of my favorites. I can't remember now what it is. I think I might have it written in my Bible, so I'll try to find it for you here. Because it's a great psalm, Psalm 107. In fact, turn over there, Psalm 107, verse 17. It's just a good one. I'm not going to go on my iPad because it'll just mess up my notes, and I don't want to do that. But Psalm 107, verse 17, um, it says, Fools, because of their transgression and because of their iniquities, are afflicted. Their soul abhorred all manner of, of meat, and they uh, draw near unto the gates of death. Then, verse 19, they cry unto the Lord, in this great, in their trouble, and he saveth them out of their distresses. How many times has God done that for us? This is the God that, this is what he's already done, right? How many times have we played the part of a fool, and God's had to step in and save us from our own foolishness? And that's the God that we have. This this is what he's already done. But then this becomes the prayer. Look at verse 4. Turn, O God, of our salvation, and cause thine anger toward us to cease. Wilt thou be angry with us forever? Wilt thou draw uh, out thine anger to all generations? Wilt thou not revive us again, that thy people may rejoice in thee? And I, and I look at this passage, and I think of how we are considering the state of our nation. And, you know, I think that becomes my prayer. Lord, you've already done this so many times, and yet, Lord, will you please give us another chance? That's verses 4, 5, and 6. Lord, please, I know you deserve to be angry. I know that, you know, you could draw out your anger and to the next generation and the generation after, and it's within you to, to do that, but Lord, will you... Please not, will you please, wilt thou not, Lord, revive us again, that thy people may rejoice in thee? And that's really what this has been about. Like, Lord, 
I know what you've done. I've seen what you've done. And you've stepped in and you've shown your grace and you've shown your mercy and you've been forgiving and, and you've done so much. God, dare we ask yet again that you would smile upon this nation of ours. Smile upon our, the next generation in such a way to give us that opportunity to see you do something that we may sometimes feel like it's beyond it's too beyond hope. It's too late. And uh, verse 7, Show us thy mercy, O Lord, and grant us thy salvation. Now that's what we're praying for. Then verse 8 begins to say, okay, here's what revival looks like. Because you have, and because this is what we're asking for, God, here's what we will do. All right? Here's what we will do in verse 8. I will hear what God the Lord will speak. Right now, help, help me out here. Don't make this hard. This isn't difficult. How will you not hear what God has to say during the week of revival? What's the first thing that comes to mind? How's, how's the way you're not going to hear? You're not going to show up. If you're not here, well, Pastor, I'm on watch online. Okay, I know you can do that. That's absolutely fine. And sometimes you have to. By the way, Miss Nancy's in the hospital, and she's probably watching online. And sometimes you have to, right? You just have to do that. Uh, it is what it is. But the reality is, if, if, we're, if we're taking the time to say, God, bring us revival. God, change the situation, the circumstance of our nation. God, we've seen you at work before. We know what you can do. We know what you've already done. Would you do it yet again? We have some obligation. And it starts with right here. Lord, I will hear what you have to say. How many of you believe, now you don't have to answer this one out loud, how many of you believe that God, that God, not Dave Young, but that God is going to speak to us next week? If we believe that God is going to speak next week, then ought we not come to hear what God has to say? Especially if we're asking God to do some unusual things. So, because, God, this is our prayer, I will hear what the Lord has to speak. Look at, what, look at what the rest of it says. For Guess what it says? For he will speak. And look what he will speak. I love this. He will speak peace unto his people. Oh. You see what revival is? Sometimes we feel like that revival is a chance for us to get beat up spiritually. <laughs> you know, and we, and we just feel so beat up and beaten down almost, but really what God wants to do is speak peace unto his people. God's going to speak next week. And the result, if we will draw nigh unto God, the result is that we will walk, yes, there might be some occasions where we need to get some things right with God. There might be some things, some things that we need to you know, cleanse our hands and purify our hearts. I'm aware of that. But the end result is we walk out with peace. And not just any peace, but peace that passes all understanding. Uh, God will speak peace unto his people. And what a, what a joy it will be as we can watch God begin to do that. And to his saints, and let them turn not again to their folly. Verse 9, surely his salvation is nigh them that fear him. If I am going to let God do a work... I need to hear what he has to say, because he's surely going to speak. And then I need to approach God with the right attitude. If God speaks, will I respond? 
Now, I'm going to tell you, honestly, if, if you respect God, if you have that holy respect for God, you'll respond. Um, I could bring up names and circumstances of individuals. I'm not trying to put people on the spot. There, but I, there are people sitting right here. And I can tell you some of their heroes. And they, I know who their heroes are for two reasons. One, they talk about them. Two, when their heroes are in the room, they're listening and they're responding. It, it is an amazing thing to watch. You can know what's important to people by watching how they're responding to certain people and certain circumstances. If God is our hero, so to speak, if God is the one that we have holy respect for, then when God speaks next week, that fear of him, that awe and wonder and amazement, that great deep respect for him will move us, will cause us to go a direction. Uh, let me give you an example that uh, we can share because it's more generic. So, um, you know, we have a grandpa that we just absolutely adore, right? And for most of us, our grandpas are, as you, when our memories of our grandpas are kicking in, they're already older, and so we, we love them, and we admire them, and we are moved by them, and we have great respect for them. And so when Grandpa starts speaking, what happens? Everybody starts listening. Right? So you're, you're sitting around the house at Christmas, and everybody's chatting, especially if you're at my house. Have you ever been to a Ray, a Ray get-together? It's like noisy. And, uh, but when, when Dad would start to speak, it was like, because Papal was talking. Now, Papal, he would talk a lot. It wasn't like, I'm not talking like when he was just talking, like having a conversation. But if, if Dad started addressing the family, the family immediately went quiet. And whatever he wanted, the family was jumping in to, to get it done, right? I mean, if he wanted us to get this, do that, whatever, because we had great awe and respect for my father. It was just, that's the way it was. And when we have that for God, when next week we come into this place and God speaks, if we fear him, if we have respect for him, we're going to be moved toward him. And his salvation is nigh unto them. God is working through those who are drawing near unto him and them that fear him. That glory may dwell where? In our land. I mean, in our land in particular, you know, for us, this is, you know, we're not Israel here. So Ireland, let's start right here in our homes, right? That glory would dwell in our homes. Now, wouldn't that be an incredible thing? And when we hear that word glory, it is literally a reference to like the Shekinah glory of God coming down. It's like the pillar of fire by night and the pillar of smoke by day. It is when the smoke came down upon the mountain and all the people of Israel backed away this way and pushed Moses forward and said, you go, because... That's scary. Remember that story? And that's the glory of God. That the glory comes down upon this land, Southeast Baptist Tabernacle. That the glory of God comes down upon our land, this land around us, this America that we love and we've celebrated today. That God would do something, and it starts with churches just like this one, saying, God, I'm ready to draw an eye into you. When you speak, I'm going to hear, and not just hear, but I'm going to respond. Because that's what it means to fear God. It's to hear him, to have that great respect and awe. That the glory may dwell in our land. Verse 10. 
I love this, this verse 10. It's almost poetic. Mercy and truth are met together. Righteousness and peace have kissed each other. And here's the idea, is this. this is, God's literally saying, when I speak peace to you, when revival comes, here's what's going to happen. Mercy and peace and righteousness and, let's see, mercy and truth and righteousness and peace, they're all going to be right there. Wouldn't that be a great thing to have in your home? Mercy and truth and righteousness and Wow, wouldn't that just be fantastic, moms and dads? That's my home. Wouldn't, that, wouldn't it be great to be coming to a church where righteousness and peace are going to kiss today? They're going to come together, and there's just going to be a closeness of righteousness and peace. That's what God said. This is what he wants to do. He said, I'm going to speak peace to you, and the result is that things are going to be incredible in ways that we couldn't even imagine. Mercy and truth and righteousness and peace coming together and, and mingling amongst us in such a unique way, such a, an intimate way. It's something that we all have and we all participate with. Verse 11, truth shall spring out of the earth and righteousness shall look down from heaven. Boy, that would be revival, wouldn't it, in, in America today? The truth would spring out of the earth. Righteousness would look down from heaven. Verse 12 says this, yea, the Lord, what's the next word? It does not say the Lord might. It doesn't say the Lord could. It says the Lord shall give that which is good. And I, this next thing is incredible. And our land shall yield her increase. Now again, our land is our homes, our congregation, our society in that order, that God would bring about revival in such a way that God, who is such a good God, will give goodness to us and our land shall yield her increase. Our homes, our church, and our society will benefit if this group of people comes together next week and says, God, speak to me, draw me nearer, draw nigh unto me. I'm ready to move. You speak, I'll hear, I'll respond. You know, when, when I'm, I'm back to that hero thing, uh, you know, uh, back when I first got saved, my hero, uh, seriously, was, was uh, Clarence Doyle. Anybody know Clarence Doyle? Three of you know Clarence Doyle. Clarence Doyle was my hero. Now, I got saved when I was 16. I got saved on June 5th, 1977. I got baptized on June 12th, 1977. And that Sunday night, I left to go work at a Christian camp called Hoosier Baptist Camp. And I sat down with Brother Dole when I got there and said, you need to know something about me because I'd been pretending Christianity for a long time and I'd filled out this form and I'd gotten accepted. I was 16. I'd gotten accepted to be a counselor at this camp. And I said, I just need to know. I just got saved a week ago. He said, are you saved? I said, yes, sir. No, you going to heaven? Yes, sir. He said, all right, let's go. And he threw me into the ministry. And he was hard-nosed, and he was one of those preachers. I mean, he literally would jump on top of the pews and preach. And that was just him. He was just Clarence Doyle. And I thought, man, oh, man. And, and I, I, not making this up, uh, so the tabernacle was down at the bottom of this huge hill, and the dining hall was up at the top of the big hill. And so Brother Doyle would say, we, I need somebody to go get our speaker a glass of water. And you know what I was ready? I did. I didn't. I wasn't ready. I took off. I 
I can still run pretty good for a 62-year-old man, but you know, back then I was Grease Lightning. I could run pretty good. And I would run up that hill, and I would run back down that hill with a glass of water, and I could do that in just a couple minutes. Here's your water. Because it didn't matter what he asked. I was ready to do it. I, I just, I admired him. And he was trying to teach me, it's, you don't quit doing this for me because it's, there's somebody better to admire, right? And that's Jesus. That's our Jesus. And once we fall in love with Jesus that way, when Jesus all of a sudden speaks to us in the middle of a revival service, it doesn't matter what he's asking anymore. It doesn't matter if it's big or small or if it's hard or not. We're like, here am I, send me. That's what happens. We, we begin to love him. And the Lord begins to yield that increase. And that's what we're asking God to do, is to, to draw us near in, in just new ways. Verse 13 says, Righteousness shall go before him. Now, who's the him? Righteousness shall go before him and shall set us in the way of his steps. The him is the Lord. Righteousness goes before him. And as we follow him, God sets us in his steps. In the right way. So, you know, here it is, like, you know, teenager always, Pastor, how do I know God's will? You know, I, I, here's the, the interesting thing about God's will. Apart from the obvious things when it's thus saith the Lord. Sometimes it's very easy to know God's will, right? Children, obey your parents. Don't kill. Don't steal. Don't lie. You know, those are easy things. God puts them right out there. But where am I supposed to do, you know, be, and, and what job am I supposed to work at? And that becomes all the difficult things. It becomes more difficult. But let me show you how it works. We start following after righteousness. We get in the habit of listening to God when he speaks. And God sets us in the way of his steps. And he goes on in a different psalm, Psalm 37, and says, The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. The steps of it, and this is an interesting thing, and you've got to catch this, teenager, it's interesting. God never says the leaps, the jumps, the bounds. He, he never, sometimes what we want is God show us, you know, when we say God show me your will, we're really wanting God to tell us where we're going to be 20 years from now. And God's like, I don't work that way. The steps of a good man ordered by the Lord. And here's what I know. If today I get up this morning and I decide today I'm going to do what God wants me to do today, because I don't know what God wants me to do a year from now. I don't. But I know what God wants me to do today. So I take that step today and tomorrow and the next day. And you know what happens a year from now, 10 years from now, 20 years from now? I'm right where God wanted me to be. Because the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Revival has this impact so that he sets us in his way. So I'm asking us, as we come to this time of revival, let's ask God to make us willing, first of all, to draw nigh unto him. Secondly, to make us observant enough to hear. And thirdly, to give us the desire to obey when he speaks. Because he's going to speak. God is going to speak next week. Dave Young's going to speak next week, too. But if all you hear is Dave Young, it'll be short-lived. But if we can hear the voice of God, and God speaks to us, and we choose to walk after God, God will set us in his way, and he will put us on the right path. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. 
And this is what God wants to do, and he will speak peace to our hearts and bring righteousness and truth and mercy and all of these things into our lives in a new way. And, and we will know, like we've never known before, the joy of the Lord, which becomes our strength. And it's called revival. See, revival isn't necessarily jumping up and down and shouting. And it's not even necessarily watching you know, hundreds of people come down the aisle. What it is, is a willingness to listen to God and fear Him, respect Him enough to say, I'm going to do what you say, whether it makes sense or not. I'm going to follow after it. And we just go. Um, there's an old story about how the we have to learn to trust God, and sometimes it doesn't always make sense. And so there's a storm happening, and remember, I remember storm cellars. We, we had a storm cellar when I was a kid growing up. And, you know, the difference between a cellar and a basement is the floor, right? You know what the difference is? Dirt floor, that's a cellar. And uh, so we had a cellar. And uh, the, so I understand this story. But anyways, the story goes that, you know, there's a storm coming up, and Dad's trying to get everybody down into the cellar, and... Um, they finally get everybody down there but one, one little boy who hasn't quite made it in yet. And he comes to the top of the stairs, and Dad notices there's a, there's a big rattlesnake in the middle of the steps. Now, I know you, it doesn't make any sense, right? Everybody just went down there. I'm aware how this, all this works, but still, it's a story. So Dad says, and all the kids, all the kids, if you've ever seen us in the cellar, especially during a storm, you know what you see down there? Black, Right? And Dad's at the bottom, and the kid can't really see Dad. But Dad has clear eyesight, and he can see the sun. And he said, son, jump, I'll catch you. Trust me. Trust me. And next week, God's liable to say to somebody, son, jump, I'll catch you. And we just have to trust God. And when we do, we begin to know revival. Father, Cause us to be willing. Break our hearts. Cause us to love you. As you speak, may we hear. May we respond. Lord, may we know your goodness in our families, in our church, in our land. God, next week, may mercy and truth meet together. May righteousness and all that, I can't remember the other one, come together and kiss, Lord, in our hearts. Prepare us for what you've got in store. We'll thank and praise you for all that you do in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand. We're going to sing, Draw Me Nearer, Nearer, Blessed Lord, to the cross without sight as we sing. The altar is open to you. If you need to step out and start preparing yourself for the revival even now, the altar is open. Let's let God do something in our hearts. Can we?
Each kind of attention, I'm going to give you uh, one more assignment on your way out, besides praying for the revival, and that is, um, you know, you may, the, the opportunities to shake hands with war heroes, I mean, I'm not making that up, right? When, there's, when they're in our midst, I'm just encouraging you, you know, go up and hug somebody's neck tonight and let them know how much you appreciate it, and uh, take your kids with you, and... Uh, Use this as a good time of memorial, all right? The Lord bless you, keep you, make His face shine upon you, give you peace. God bless you, you are dismissed.